There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and a big welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. I'm delighted to be back again for another week. It's a beautiful day over here in the United Kingdom. Uh, We have to really cherish those days over here. Um, We're going to talk today about engaging leadership and engaging results with a uh, really engaging uh, guy, the people director from Perkbox, Sean Bradley. And before we do that, uh, you know, if you listen to this show regularly, I always like to thank last week's guest. Um, a little bit strange this time, as it was me, um, but a big thank you to John Jennings, who um, hosted that show for me and interviewed me on Leading People. And, and thanks so much for the feedback on that show. It's really nice to get um, a few messages from people saying that they really enjoyed that. Um, so I'd like to say a big thank you to uh, Carson Speckman from uh, NATO, who uh, dropped me a lovely note as well and on social media. Um, thank you. So if you listen to this show regularly you're going to know that I am really, really passionate about engagement. You know, it really is It's a prime focus for our business. And I can talk about it as the old English phrase goes until the cows come home because you know, it impacts everything. Uh, this week I'm feeling unusually proud, and I know my guest is as well because he's um, been involved with a great event himself, but uh, just really proud with um, the very positive feedback on our event, Let's Get Engaged. Um, those who came learned lots about employee engagement, how to measure it. They came away with lots of ideas on what and how to implement it. And we also had a former guest um, from the show, Mick Dawson, who's the world's most accomplished ocean rower. Uh, Mick rowed 7,000 miles from Japan to San Francisco. If you've not listened to that show, uh, do go back into the archive and access it. And we also had the very inspiring Emma's, Emma Hallam from charity Alex's Wish. Um, so if you... Um, if you are um, interested in the future, uh, do check us out because uh, those events are very popular. So helping leaders and managers to build engaging cultures and being uh, more engaged is you know, an important uh, mission. And it's one of uh, mine. And engagement impacts financial performance, staff retention, absenteeism, productivity and well-being. And I really love to talk to guests who share that passion and can talk very practically about what they've done to build a really engaging culture. Now, Sean Bradley is the highly engaging. I've mentioned that before. I don't want to set him up for failure because I know he's going to be great. Um, so, um, so sorry about that, um, Sean. Um, but um, I've spoken to, to Sean and had a great conversation and just came away just feeling really liberated about um, you know, engagement and talking to a kindred spirit. He's the people director at employee engagement company Perkbox. And... Uh, Their approach to engagement was acknowledged in their listing in the Sunday Times as one of the best small companies to work for in 2017, and that's an an accolade not to take lightly. So we're going to talk today about um, the initiatives from Sean's extensive experience that have um, helped foster a high-performance culture in the businesses that he's worked with. Um, And uh, we're going to also um, talk about how... Um, this uh, creates a competitive edge, how you must ignore it at your peril. And importantly, I think with engagement, it's so important to attract and retain great talent. 
in a marketplace where people you know, are continuously being approached about job opportunities and have got the internet at their fingertips, uh, you know, engagement really helps engender loyalty. So a huge welcome to my guest today, Sean Bradley. Hey, uh, morning everybody in the, U, uh, in the US and afternoon to those of you uh, in the UK. It's so uh, excited to be here um, and uh, to talk to you a little bit about my experience, uh, particularly around uh, employee engagement um, and the role of leaders in driving that forward. Absolutely, and, uh, and and whatever your time zone, wherever you are in the world, and we're delighted to to have you here. Um, yes. So, so Sean, and tell us. I like to ask people some questions about their childhood, um, because I think it's always fascinating to understand where you know where in their past, you know, if it was in their childhood, you know, did their you know their career um, sort of springboard from really. So I'm kind of interested. You know, you've got a career in people development. Was there something in your your childhood or your you know, younger years that really shaped that passion? Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, uh, to be honest, I, I would say I had a bit of an unremarkable childhood. Um, you know, there was nothing that I did that was amazing. Uh, but one thing that, that um, really stands out for me is, is my parents have always been so supportive. Um, they um, encouraged me to, to do whatever I wanted to do. They didn't judge me for it. Um, and... Um, they let me sort of forge my own path. They didn't, you know, when I left university, I, I, I left with a psychology degree and, and they didn't say, well, you need to be a psychologist. So I, I actually ended up in sales um, and, I, and I worked for um, loads of um, uh, big pharmaceutical companies, you know, the Glaxos, Novartis. Um, and I was in sales. And um, um, before I went into sales, I actually worked as an instructor during my summer holidays at a kid's um, adventure camp where they would learn, um, you know, rifle shooting, archery. Um, and I really enjoyed that. Um, and I thought, you know, before I go into the world of work and before I think about, you know, what making loads of money, maybe I should be a teacher. So we're back with you again in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One to one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. And for anybody listening live, do apologize for that slight technical blip. Uh, unfortunately, can't quite uh, 100% control technology. But I'm back with Sean. Uh, Sean's on the phone now. So, Sean, um, we were talking about um, you going off to this this uh, sort of camp and you were um, doing archery and things like that with young people and you were thinking about uh, whether you should become a teacher or not or what you were going to do. Yeah. So do you want to continue from there? Yeah, so um, yeah, so I went to this camp and, uh, and I was uh, an instructor and um, I, I just found that I loved the, the learning and, and helping people, you know, develop skills and um feel great about what they do um, but I just felt that I wouldn't necessarily make a, make a great teacher um, but I but it sort of started a seed in my head that maybe um, I, 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 I'm a bit of a helper type person um, but then I went completely the opposite which was in sales um, into pharmaceuticals and I, and I did relatively well at that um, and I had a, a, a real motivation to um, to help my team get into roles that they that they aspired to do, um, and I got a real sense of satisfaction when that happened. And so, when an opportunity came up in in Novartis to start with uh, in learning and development, uh, I jumped at that chance and moved from sales into uh, into that HR field. Um, and I've worked for a lot of corporate companies, and, and I, I, I spent a, a long time in an electronics firm in a in a very senior position. Um, but I really wanted to try and work a little bit more with younger people, people at the beginning of their careers. Um, so that's sort of how I ended up at Pertbox. You know, Pertbox is a is a, uh, a startup company, and the average age uh, here is around about 26, um, and I'm uh, pretty uh, much older than that. Um, so I really felt that I could uh, add some value to these guys, and that's why I, I turned up at Pertbox, really for the challenge and for the experience. 
Excellent. That's interesting. We've got something in common because I, I almost ended up at uh, Novartis. And, oh, uh, yeah, and uh, I didn't actually go. It was, it was in Basel in Switzerland, and I didn't actually go yeah. in the end. Because, uh, I just met my, my now wife, and uh, at the same time was offered a job in Burton-upon-Trent, which probably okay. wouldn't have been so attracted Not to if I'd been Basel. single still. But. <laughs> and decided to go for that. So, um, so and and so Perkbox is is um, quite a few people though. It's, you say it's a startup, but it's um, it's a couple of hundred people, isn't it? Yeah. So um, the, the the company was uh, really in its present form um, in about 2015, where there were probably about uh, 50 people. Uh, I joined in 2017, where we had about a hundred, and then over the last year, we've. Um, scaled up really to 200. Um, we still call ourselves a startup because we really try and keep that startup mentality of, um, you know, nothing's impossible. Um, it's all about challenging the big boys. Um, so yeah, we are, we are, a, uh, we are, I suppose now we're probably a scale up. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really kind of intrigued as well about what you do, you know, it's in terms of employee engagement because um, you've got quite a, you know, quite an interesting offer which I hadn't really seen in the marketplace until I started researching you. Yeah. Uh, well, we, we have a very clear mission um, and that is to help build a better society one relationship at a time. When we talk about better society, it's about uh, engaging with customers that have the same shared beliefs about engagement and that you know, engagement is important within any organization. And the one relationship at a time is really about giving that personal touch um, and creating opportunities for people to connect with the brand. Uh, we are the UK's fastest growing employee engagement platform, and we, we focus on three real areas. And the first one is around financial, um, and we're trying to uh, ensure that people, uh, people's money goes a little bit further. And... Um, we also then look at the physical well-being, which is a, around uh, gym memberships. Uh, we partner with a online fitness uh, portal. And then the third one is around emotional well-being. So engagement is partly emotional, and that's about recognition and giving people an opportunity to use software to recognize performance across their organization. We're continue, continuing to add products as we go. We are known as being a, a perks platform where we give amazing discounts and often exclusive gift discounts. But we are, our aim really is to integrate it into people's lives so that, you know, in the morning you, you wake up, you go and get a, a free coffee, you uh, can get some discount on your lunch, go to the gym, get some cinema tickets, go to a restaurant. And as part of that employee journey, we want to be able to provide a way of enhancing your well-being as you go through your day. Mm, that's really, yeah, it's really powerful for people, and uh, I guess that really, you know, helps to engender loyalty with uh, if you're working for a company who you know, gives you those perks. Very much, um, and I, I would say that that it doesn't replace all of the relationship stuff that you have going on at work. Uh, but it maybe just gives you that little bit more um, than you would normally get. Um, but it is very much about enhancing engagement. It's not going to work on its own. It's not going to replace 
uh, your own engagement strategy. You do need to have an engaging culture, and then the perk box will help uh, make that a reality and, and enhance that. I like I like the you know your philosophy about you know one relationship at a time. Yeah, that's really it's really important. That isn't it? To you know the only you know the, we can impact we can impact what's happening right now and uh, and you know we can we have the opportunity to impact every relationship and everyone's important. It's it, it's very much that um, and when we talk about one relationship at a time, it is really about that personal touch and. People tend to engage with the brand because we treat people uh, as as well as being customers who are buying our product. We we um, we treat them as partners as well. The interesting thing about our Perkbox mission is that we want to try and engender the same mission inside the company as outside the company. So our we help build a better society is about Perkbox as well, and it is about having really close relationships inside the company, which is then reflected outside. Because I, 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 when I joined the company, I, I really wanted to think about, in five years' time, if I was to look back at my experience at Perkbox, what would have been an amazing experience? And I see it like a, uh, a, a fishbowl, is that Perkbox is inside the fishbowl, um, and people come and look at our fishbowl and look... How did you create such an amazing culture uh, and bring in uh, amazing uh, results and productivity uh, with such a young team? What were, you, what were you doing that was special? And I'd love that, that people would come to us and go, Let us, help us do what you do uh, for our company. Um, and for me, you know, we're, we are trying to make progress. And one of the aspects that works is our internal mission is sort of similar to, to our external mission to try and make that transparency a reality it's very different from companies that i worked for before where uh, it's a bit like a black box so you Mm -hmm. paint your uh, your logo on the outside of the box and um and any information is all one way so it's about uh, we show you what we do rather than people seeing inside your company because everything that you do your values your processes your people are now transparent and, and we can't stop that happening because of uh, social media, so why not embrace that? It just puts. I, th- I think it's absolutely fantastic, and because it, what it really is doing, it's you know, your what you offer as a product. It holds you to account as well, doesn't it? For you know, creating this business that is very authentic with your yeah. with your principles, but that must also add some pressure too. It it do, it does add pressure. Um, uh, it, it very much so, but it's a it's a positive pressure. It's great to come into work every day and, and uh, see that you're making progress to, towards that mission. Uh, and we have a, a, a very good way of looking at our business is that we're very clear that Perkbox is about people. Um, <clears throat> we, we have amazing technology and we have a great workplace, but actually the, the thing that differentiates us is, is our people and how engaged they are with, with the work that they do. Um, and when we recruit people, we spend a lot of time making sure that they um, are the right fit for Perkbox, that they have a positive attitude, that they want to grow, uh, that they have a vibrant personality. We're not looking for, for necessarily for ex- extroverts, and we actually encourage uh, a, a range of people. Diversity is really important at Perkbox. 
but you've got to come to the company and and if you just see it as a transactional job, you probably won't be successful at Perkbox. Those people that are successful at Perkbox um, embrace the good things, they embrace the, the successes, and, and, and we have setbacks, but we look at them, we get up, we dust ourselves down, and, and, we, and we get on with it, and we, we do it together. Uh, we succeed together, and, and sometimes we fail together and, and learn together. I remember when I first graduated, I... I had a conversation with a retiring sales director who said, you know, Chris, if I can give you one lesson for my entire career, you're just starting yours now. That I'd like to leave you with is this people are everything. And yeah. I think uh, you know, listening to you, you know, I think you get that, you know, in seriously as well, that you know, people are, are everything really, because that's what we're, we employ people to provide products and services to people. Um, obviously, outside yeah. of that, the environment and that sort of thing. But when it comes to business, we, we, you know, underestimate the importance of people really at your peril, as we mentioned in the intro. We do, but, but I, I think one of the challenges you have is that you know, if you look at engagement surveys through the ages, the actual level of engagement has not really changed over that time. If you look at you know, Gallup being the sort of number one company, is that you know, a third of people are, are really engaged in their work. And, and given the amount of money that we put into engagement, both in terms of, uh, you know, the tangible reward and recognition, but also the training and the coaching that we uh, give to people, you would expect that the level of engagement across businesses would have, would have shot up. But, it, but in many cases, that's just not true. And why do you think that is? Um, I, I, I think a number of things. Uh, for me... Uh, Engagement has often fallen into the lap of HR. So now HR, the, 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 the people department, therefore they should be responsible for the, for the whole of the uh, engagement strategy of an organization. So um, you know, traditionally what happens in companies is that once a year we'll do a, uh, an engagement survey, uh, HR will gather the data and then they, they will then uh, gather a committee together come up with loads of initiatives and then hope that put, 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 cross their fingers, cross their toes and hope that things actually work. Whereas I think those companies that do it really well is that engagement is uh, the method, um, but it's much more about the outcome of it. So engagement is something that you, that you just do. You don't strive for it in terms of an output. The output is the business, it's, but engagement is something that, that is integral to your business strategy. It's not something that you do um, just once a year. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think that is absolutely key, isn't it? It's, it's also, it's, uh, there's a couple of points there, I think, what you're saying. I think you know, HR, you know, it's sitting in, in, in a single function or you know, a single per person's job role is no good. It's got to sit in everybody's job role, hasn't it? It's, uh, uh, absolutely. It, um, it's much more of a collaborative, uh, approach. I, I would agree that, um, that HR plays a role and HR's role is really to provide the tools to make it happen. So career development paths, training opportunities for people to give feedback, but it really is the senior leaders who have to set the culture and the direction of that organization. And that includes an engagement strategy. Managers then take that and, and they're more, I suppose, responsible for that one-to-one -one, um, relationship around coaching, feedback, they're all enhanced engagement. But also, it's not just um, those people. 
it's actually the person themselves is that when they come to work every day is that they choose their attitude um, and you know, are they bringing their A game to work because if they're not then all of the other engagement strategies that you, that you, um, that you come up with they're just not going to work so it really is about personalizing engagement for me um, and I think that, that uh, engagement surveys play a part but I think that sometimes with engagement surveys is that they're very good at being able to come up with organizational initiatives. So an example would be, you know, more team building, uh, more parties. But actually engagement, I think, is a, is a one-to-one relationship uh, primarily between the manager and that individual. Uh, my view is actually managers probably are responsible for whether somebody is engaged at work more than anybody else in the business. Um, and you know the old adage is that people don't leave a company, they leave a boss. Uh, that's true in any company, and it and it's true at Perkbox. Uh, well, I think it's yeah, it's fundamental. They say it's that's got a you know seventy percent of people do that. They leave their boss and not their company. And if I look back at some, you know, my own career and look at the reasons why I left, which I have done, the companies that I was part of, you know, quite typically it was due to the boss. Um, yeah, very and, often. Uh, you know, very often, and not always, but uh, that did have a bearing in several incident instances. So this is something. Yeah. Do you do you therefore you know train your managers on how to really engage their people? You know, do they do you do you measure their ability to do that in some ways as well? Uh, we, we do a, we do a number of things. So um, the the first thing is that it it starts when uh, a manager joins the company uh, is that we, we have quite a uh, robust onboarding process focused around the values of the company, the mission of the company, you know, to build that relationship um, and to build that society. Uh, and we spend time, as much time as we can, to um, give managers the uh, impetus and also the skills to be able to uh, engage people and uh, and I think sometimes people think that engagement is you know the whole Martin Luther King speech at Washington Memorial where uh, you have to shout to a to a and have an amazing charisma and that can help but actually engagement is a one-to-one relationship which is about you know do I feel that the work that I do is important and managers can do that by creating uh, autonomy and interesting work for people to do. Things around you know, great leadership is about: Do I feel that I get coaching and feedback from my uh, from from my manager? The environment: uh, Do I get recognition? Do I feel that there's growth opportunities within the company? These are all things actually that managers really uh, that are responsible for in the context of the larger organization. And, and the way we train our managers is that we, we do 60-minute um, workshops. So we'll do coaching in 60 minutes. We'll do feedback in 60 minutes. And we'll do running effective meetings in 60 minutes. And this is not really just about the structure of a coaching conversation. It's actually the language that you use and the emotional intelligence um, to be able to spot when your message is getting through and when your message isn't necessarily getting through. So we do a lot with our managers, but the focus is much more on um, the skills and the uh, emphasis on the leadership relationship, not necessarily on the management of that relationship 
It's much more based on the emotional intelligence. And we have three, um, three real key things when we think about relationships here at Perkbox. Uh, number one is that all conversations that you have are in a safe environment. So it's about being able to say to a, uh, an employee, this meeting is about coaching. I need to spend time with you because I really want you to uh, be the best that you can be. So safety is really, really important. You know, the worst thing you want to do is, is walk up to somebody's desk and go, have you got five minutes? Because automatically they'll go into that fight or flight mode. Mm-hmm. So we train our managers to be very tentative in their language when they're talking to their, uh, to their uh, employees. The second thing is around the fact that uh, there is joint ownership for outcomes. So whenever you have a one-to-one conversation, it is, it is about what do I need to do to help you do what we've agreed that we're going to do. So the manager is about saying that I have a role in helping you get better. Um, and, and the third thing is about the fact that you have to work with this person on an ongoing basis. And it's always to think about that. It's like, am I preserving that relationship? Is that relationship stronger now that we've had that conversation than it was before that conversation? So we, we try and train our managers that it's about how you uh, have those conversations. Um, and we find that that makes a real difference over the last six to nine months on the quality of those relationships. I think that's, I think that's really, really smart, uh, really smart. And uh, I, I think in that, you know, that worry that people have when uh, you know, a line manager comes over to them and, uh, yeah. as you say, and once it wants a little chat or taps them on the shoulder and, you know, other people are going to hear this and then takes them into an office and, but actually, you know, creating that safer environment. And I, I like the tentative conversation, but also I think, you know, there's something really, really grown up and uh, mature in that ownership for joint outcomes because yeah. Uh, yeah. Then it, then it takes well, it away at finger pointing and blame, doesn't it? It does. And, and, and one of our values uh, at Perkbox is something called zero fear. And zero fear is about employees having the ability to say what they feel without fear of reprisal or judgment. Yeah. Um, and we're trying to create an environment where everybody has an equal say. They may, may not have equal knowledge or necessarily even equal capability, but they all have an equal say. Um, and we're trying to create an environment where as a manager and even as a senior leader, you can be challenged and we'll take that that. Uh, that challenge in the context of I want us to be better either as an individual or as a company or I want you to be better as a manager. So conversations are are, are, are trying to create that psychological safety so that people feel that they can say what they want. Psychological safety, I think that's that's really... Yeah. Really, really (laughs) interesting and and helpful word, really. Um, Yeah. Yeah, my, my mind's already already going back to conversations from, you know, my career and this this uh, methodology that you have here, I think, is uh, is hugely hugely valuable. And I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Sorry, I was just going to say um, that, that I'm I'm painting Perkbox as this sort of utopian company. We've still got a long way to go, uh, but I think that we've got the principles in place. Um, and the, the vast majority of the 200 people that work at Perkbox embrace that. And, that, and that's a real good start is that once you've got that foundation, 
there's more likelihood for people to, to buy into it um, and, and to actually make it happen. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we're on a journey, um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's a long journey, but we've made a really, really good start. Yeah, and nothing, nothing's ever sort of perfect, is it? As you say, no. it is a journey, um, but uh, I think people can learn a lot from you know, the language that you're using and the approach that you're, that you're using. Um, very, very helpful. And I'm also interested in you know, how people, people come into the workplace and you know, they've got roles and jobs and titles and things to do, but you know, outside of work, there's often an awful lot going on which as a, an employer we may not get to find out about, which can impact performance. You know, how do yeah. you, you recommend people kind of support people, help people broach conversations when it comes to maybe things that might be impacting and, and sometimes quite rightly their ability to do their job well? Uh, that, that, uh, yes, that's something that... that um, it's a great thing for us as a, as a, as a people function is that we, I, I would say one of our, our, our brands as a department is that we are incredibly approachable um, and, and we are always available to offer support and help, not just actually a lot of the conversations we have with people is about things that actually are outside of the work but are impacting their performance um, and the great thing is, is that they feel that they can approach uh, myself or, or a member of, of, of um, my team and get to get some guidance or at least some support um, because we use that tentative language all the time. And um, one thing that, that's very different about um, Pertbox compared to other companies I've worked for in, in the people function or HR function is that we are always in the business. So people complain to me that I'm never at my desk. And the reason is, is because I'm in the business, because I actually feel that my role is to be able for people to bring their best selves to work so that they can deliver amazing results. And I'm out in the business ensuring that they are bringing their best selves to work and where necessary is to help them over the barriers that, that maybe some people are feeling. Um, and as a people function, I, we're not experts. We're not experts in well-being. We're not uh, qualified in any way, but we've, we've, we've got a toolbox uh, of initiatives and contacts that we can uh, help people, particularly if they've got you know, some sort of well-being issue that they really need to, 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 uh, to solve, really. How do you do that when, you know, maybe we're, I'm thinking about, you know, often this has been something that has been seen as, uh, you know, a, a more male trait where people don't want to share, you know, that what's going actually going on. And it's quite hard to have that conversation. Um, how, you know, how can you maybe have the conversation, help people who need to have the conversation, but might not necessarily feel comfortable doing it? Um, I, one of the things about being in the business, um, um, you know, we are we, we're 200 people actually in, in the London location. It's about 150 uh, is that you can tell the temperature very, very quickly. Um, and we know our people so well that uh, we can tell generally when people are not necessarily engaged in their work. But the real important thing is that they, they know that when they come and talk to us is that we don't that we won't judge that we won't we won't judge people. 
Um, and we've got lots of successes. And what happens is that you have one success where people say, actually, I went to talk to Sean and I was expecting him to, to judge me. or um, But he didn't. He actually just listened to me and he helped me. And because we have probably the fastest, we, fastest grapevine um, in terms of news spreading within Perkbox, that those things uh, go round very, very quickly. Um, and of course we have people that don't necessarily want to talk about things, but it's, uh, if you say that actually that our door is always open, eventually somebody will walk through. Uh, and if we use that tentative language, as I spoke about earlier, and we, we, we know that actually we're trying to preserve that relationship, generally people do feel that they can talk. Yeah. I think, and, and with that, uh, that culture that you have of zero fear and, and that yeah. tentative language, uh, I think that's, uh, you know, really, it's really refreshing to hear somebody say that, actually. You know, I think... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's really refreshing. And actually, book and consciously do it. You know, as an organization, you'll get individuals who will do that and be very good at it. But if you make that part of your culture, that's got to have a positive impact. So we're going to go to commercial break now. After the break, we'll have um, you know, further conversation with Sean and we'll find out uh, you know, more about some of his sort of top tips and thoughts and ideas about uh, you know, building um, leaders who are really engaged and building organizations that get results through um, these higher levels of engagement. So we're back with you again in just a couple of minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Sean Bradley. We're talking about, you know, about uh, engagement and leadership, engaging, which leads to engaging results. Um, Really interested to ask you this question, Sean. I, 
You know, I wonder you know, what, what happens at uh, your organization when you have people who are you know, really successful in their jobs and then they get promoted to being a leader? Yeah, it, it's, it, it's sometimes uh, really, it's a really interesting uh, question because uh, we spend years becoming technically experts in whatever field, whether that be marketing or sales or customer services, and then suddenly overnight we are thrust into a leadership position. And, and that challenge is uh, often not really uh, broached by the organization. Um, and, and fundamentally at, at Perkbox, when we think about leadership, we think about three things that have to happen for that individual to be successful. Um, and the first one is uh, a fundamental shift in what I do. So uh, originally you turn up to work as the, as the marketing guy and you, you would do some marketing. You were, you were really technically gifted at creating campaigns. Now as a manager, you have to put that to one side and you have to learn to coach people. You need to be able to give feedback. You need to be able to recognize people, hire new people, fire people, all of those things that probably you've never done before. So part of uh, any training of a, of a new leader is to give them the skills to enable to ask the question, what do I do as a leader? The second one is uh, around the fact that when you are an individual contributor, your diary is really uh, put together by the technical work that you have to do. So it might be team meetings, it might be meeting with your manager. Now as a leader, one of the fundamental questions to answer is how do I now spend my time? And this is about how much time do you think that you need to effectively lead and engage your people? And so there's two shifts already. So there's a shift in what I am actually responsible for in terms of what I do. And then there's also that shift of actually now my job is not just about uh, technical work. I have to now have time in my calendar or in my diary for having all of those coaching conversations and all of those feedback conversations. But the third shift, and this is the really, really important one, and this is, some, this is where uh, leadership in, in many companies and, and sometimes at Perkbox doesn't quite hit the mark. And that is a shift in what is important. And that shift is a shift from self to others. When you're a technical expert and you've spent years doing it um, and becoming really good at the job, that's probably why you've got the leadership position in the first place. Um, you got recognition and you got the re rewarded for that work. Now you have to shift your attention to actually rewarding and recognizing others for doing, for doing the job that you used to do. And your job now is about creating the conditions and the environment for that high performance. So we have those three shifts. And, and at Perkbox, we spend a lot of time uh, going through the changes that you make at each level of the organization. And I don't think I've worked with any organization that really spends enough time uh, on that transition. Because what happens is if, if that transition is not done smoothly, is the temptation is for that new manager to go back to doing the things that gave them that sense of self-worth, which is often the technical work, which then doesn't allow the people that now you've got in your team to do the technical work. So they then feel disengaged. So it's really important when you make that transition is that you, you step away 
and spend time leading and encouraging performance rather than the doing piece, um, which is something that actually you should be encouraging in others. Wow, this, this is really, really helpful for people. <laughs> I don't think I ever, you know, I got, I got promoted and promoted in various companies to, you know, senior, very senior yeah. role, a leadership role. And I never once had any training around this. You, know, right. you just got promoted based upon your merit in the, your past job. And then, you know, you, you realize and work out that everything has shifted, but you, you don't necessarily know what has shifted and the changes that you personally need to make. This is very refreshing. It, it, it's absolutely, it, it, it's for me, um, if, if, if anybody takes anything away from today, it's to examine those three things. It's about making sure that leaders understand what's important, how they understand that their time is now uh, different in how they spend it, and also the skills that they need are fundamentally different. Um, and it's very difficult when you've been trained in marketing for 10 years and then suddenly you're put in a management role with very little training. So yes. the, the, the temptation is, of course, to go back to what made you successful in the first place. And that probably is one of the reasons why some companies um, aren't as engaged as they could be because you've got the wrong people doing the wrong jobs. Yes, because it might not be in their, in their makeup. They might be out That's of their right. flow you know, leading people. Um, well, there is I, 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 there's, there's the old thing about, you know, are leaders born or are they made? And I think it's a bit of both. I think that the, probably 20% of leaders probably have a natural talent. They're just great with people. They're great at influencing. They actually don't need the leadership badge to be successful. I'd probably say another 30% you can actually train um, and coach and support and give them the skills. Um, I would hasten to say that around about 40% of people probably shouldn't be managers at all. Yes. And do, do you put in a, a distinction between a manager and a leader? Or do you see yeah, just I a do. relative I, shift? I, I think most organizations use, use uh, the, the title manager, but actually what they should be doing is focusing on leadership. Uh, you know, leadership is about being able to get the best out of other people through developing positive relationship. I see management actually as managing stuff. It's managing things. It's managing processes. But it's about leading people. You wouldn't want to go home today uh, to your partner and go, I think I was managed well today. Mm. What you would like to go home and say, I had an amazing relationship. I've got a, a, an amazing relationship where I feel inspired to do my best. Those are the types of conversations. And, and I think sometimes we actually confuse those two. So when people get made a manager, they think they need to manage. Management yes. is, 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 a, is, a, is about putting sheep in pens. Leadership is about inspiration and actually trying to get people to do even more than they thought was possible. I think management gives you what you expect. So you put something in the beginning of the machine and at the end of the machine you get what you expect. Leadership is about actually getting more than you ever thought possible because you've inspired your people and given them the, the tools um, and, uh, and coaching to, to, to almost give you more than they ever thought possible themselves. And, 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 and to do that, do, you've got to really, do you have to really capture their hearts as well as their minds? Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the practical things that we've, that we've done at Perkbox is that we have uh, what we call monthly check-ins. So like many companies, we've abandoned the whole annual appraisal 
um, and we have very short 20-minute, 25-minute conversations about, um, that, about work. But, but it's not necessarily about the technical aspects of the work. It's much more about have you made progress? What plans have you got? How am I doing as a manager? Um, what are some of the barriers that have been in place? So much more about how they're doing the work rather than the work itself. And that's paid off in terms of the quality of the conversations because then, then the leader or manager has got um, some tools to be able to go, hey, I know that you can do it and I'm here to help you. So is there no, no scoring system or anything like that on a, on a no, that it, tends to happen with appraisal, a, you know? Yeah, we don't, we don't have a, a, a scoring system A, B, C, D, or we don't have one, two, three, four, five. What we do have is we have a system that says, uh, with, with any given goal, is that we have, I've not started it yet. Um, I am on track with my goal. I'm behind. I've achieved it. And I've super, I'm, I've super exceeded it. So these are, they're time-based rather than performance-based. Yes. Because actually yes. it's real words. It's actually, I am, I've not done it, and I should have done it. I'm behind. So why not use the word behind rather than below average? Yes. Yes. I, just, I, you know, I think all of those scoring things are management. That's, ma- that's actually about trying to fit people into some sort of uh, distribution curve, maybe. Whereas I think the behind and and uh, achieved and exceeded are much more about that, that ability for that manager to sit down with that person and discuss real, rather than arguing the difference between a, a four and a five or a one and a two, you're actually discussing things that are real, which is actually you, you've exceeded that objective um, and you should be rewarded and recognized for it. So we try and use language that, that, that makes the process simple. So it, it, it makes a big difference when you, the more conversations you have, as long as they're high quality conversations, uh, the more engaged I think people are. Mm. Yes. I, I remember a conversation uh, uh, many years ago going through an appraisal with my line manager, with the line manager, and he asked me, you know, where, where in, the, in terms of these boxes do you think your performance has <laughs> been over the last six months? And I was relatively new into the job. and. Uh, and I said, well, I think it's been, you know, I think it's been very good, but I think there's some more to go. And he said, well, his response to me was, well, actually, he said, I, I think your response, you, you've actually been probably exceptional, actually, but um, let's tick the very good box. And then, then, um, then what happened was that my bonus was linked to whether I got very good or exceptional, <laughs> and I got a smaller yeah. bonus. So I went away feeling really kind of thinking. Actually, I thought, reflecting on, it, I thought, actually, what I have done was more significant than I'd really appreciated. Um, I stopped a whole a whole factory falling down in terms of um, not being able to produce product um, through my actions. And actually, I probably did deserve the bigger bonus, but I didn't get it. Um, so uh, it's yeah, in- because interesting. Because you had a manager, Chris, <laughs> mm. not a leader. Yes. Uh, very, so. very true. Now, so we've um, just got two or three minutes left okay. now. And I'm just interested. You know, do you have any sort of final messages that you'd like to leave us with? Um, I, I think, it, yeah, if I, if I was to sum it up, um, I, I think that um, engagement is not a transaction. Um, I think uh, companies spend a lot of money on engagement, and, and there are things that are engaging which are really hygiene factors. So paying people fairly will engage people, but it's a hygiene factor. Uh, and, and if you look at it like a, uh, a rocket, 
the launch pad is all of the hygiene factors. True engagement are the rocket itself. The, the launch pad has to be there. So you need to take money off the table to allow um, the uh, other engagement initiatives around people feeling that they can do amazing work, uh, the feeling that they, that they are inspired. So it's really important to try and um, split those two things apart, but focus on both because your engagement initiatives around uh, having amazing workplace culture, if you're not paid fairly, then you're never going to get the rocket off the launch pad because the launch pad won't exist. So that's yes. my first piece of advice. Um, and the second one is when you see engagement, it's amazing. And, and what I would suggest is that I can tell if somebody's engaged very, very quickly. Just look them in the eyes. If you see a sparkle, then you're probably on the right track. And my final, well, piece, of, yeah. my final piece of advice is uh, if you're an HR professional, don't take on engagement all by yourself. It's for everybody. Uh, you may facilitate it, but actually engagement is owned by the business because the, the leaders and the managers manage their people to enable them to perform. So it's very much about a shared responsibility and the people agenda should really be owned by, uh, by the line managers. They should do most of the heavy lifting. You should be there to support um, and train and coach those managers to be able to right. do it really, really well. Sean, I've absolutely loved talking to you. I think there's been some absolute gems in this conversation i really do i've uh, done 285 of these shows now and some of the things that you've shared uh, there have really got me thinking and you know have not been mentioned on the show before and i just think uh, there's some real gold dust in here so you know huge thank you for being on today it's an absolute pleasure chris and uh, thank you very much for inviting me you're welcome. If you want to find out more about Sean and Perkbox, go to www.perkbox.com. Um, I, I downloaded their brochure, which was really interesting, so I'd recommend you do that. So if you've got any questions or feedback on the show, you can send them to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk. And on next week's show, we have Rockstar Group's Jonathan Farr. And we're going to talk about building a, uh, an amazing sort of startup uh, business. Um, he refers to them as Rockstar Businesses, but as well as how to invest in business without risk. So do join us again next week, and I wish you all a wonderful week. And once again, a huge thank you to uh, to uh, Sean Bradley and also um, Perkbox. We thank you for listening to the Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.